Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from the Ray Taylor Show. Uh, greetings, ghastly ghouls and fellow cinephiles. Tonight, we're traveling back in time to an era where monsters roamed not just our nightmares, but our silver screens. Welcome to another chilling episode of Top 5, where today, we're sinking our fangs into the shadowy realm of pre-code horror. Before Hollywood set its strict moral code, Filmmakers were freaks in their own right, unshackled by guidelines, daring to expose the deepest, darkest corners of the human psyche. Speaking of freaks, tonight's list wouldn't be complete without a nod to Todd Browning's terrifying tale of carnival revenge. Or perhaps you'd rather not be seen, much like our friend the Invisible Man, who discovered that sometimes... What you can't see can hurt you. But as we navigate the most dangerous game of ranking, remember, each film is prey in its own right. From the forbidden island of lost souls to where man and beast the line from the for from the from the forbidden island of lost souls where man and beast blur to the electrifying experiments of Dr. X. And let's not forget the monstrous melancholy of Frankenstein and the blood-chilling charm of Dracula. So, my fellow night creatures, are you ready to embark on this cinematic seance? Grab your garlic, tighten your tourniquets, and prepare to be amazed, appalled, and most importantly, entertained. Without further ado, let's unveil the forbidden fruits of pre-code horror. Remember, in this realm, not everything is as it seems. <laughs> so sit back and relax as I rank my top five pre-code horror movies. I watched close to 20 films in preparation for this episode, by far the most I've ever watched that I can think of. Thankfully, these movies are very short, but also very great. Most of them were great. Uh, let's get it started, shall we, with my top five movies, pre-code horror movies. So the, the small gap in time between when movies started getting sound and when before the Hayes Code was enacted. Uh, so it's a small section in time, a lot of horror movies. Let's get into it. Starting off with my fifth favorite pre-code horror movie. This was a first time watch as the majority of these were, but this one coming in at number five is Dr. X. This movie came out in 1932 produced by first national pictures and Warner brothers it's an intriguing mix of horror, mystery, and early science fiction. The film centers around a series of gruesome murders that have taken place in New York 
all of which occur under the full moon and bear distinct and chilling signature. The victims all show signs of strangulation. They have chilling, frozen expression of horror and uh, mysterious synthetic flesh on their bodies. Uh, the press dubs the killer the moon killer. Dr. Xavier, played by Lionel Atwell, a well-regarded scientist, is the head of the research facility where all of the moon killer's victims had once been employed. With suspicion falling on the Institute and, if, and its staff, Xavier is given 48 hours to solve the murders before the police intervene. He agrees and decides to conduct an experiment to find the killer. With the assistance of his daughter, Joan, played by Faye Ray, and the skeptical reporter named Lee Taylor, uh, played by Lee Tracy, who I think is a hilarious character, a very funny jokester, so much so he has one of those hand buzzer doodads. Uh, they all help as Dr. Xavier gathers all of his staff at his mansion. He then uses a series of scientific methods to determine which of his staff is the killer. One of the film's most notable aspects is its use of early two-strip Technicolor, making it one of few horror films of the time to be produced in color. The film was directed by Michael Kurt Curtis, uh, who later went on to direct classics like Casablanca. While it may not be as iconic as the other horror films of its era like Frankenstein or Dracula, Dr. X stands as an important film for its mix of genres and its use of early color technology. The film's blend of horror, uh, whodunit mystery, and science fiction elements paved the way for similar hybrid films in the following years. The film's eerie atmosphere combined with its novel color process and solid performances, especially from Lionel Atwell and Faye Ray, who would later go on to star in King Kong the following year, make Dr. X a fascinating piece of early Hollywood horror cinema. And for all of those reasons, that is why Dr. X is sitting here at number five, my fifth favorite. I love the characters. I love the story. It's got some great effects in it, great makeup, all of that stuff. Great movie. Coming in at number five is Dr. X. Moving on to my fourth favorite pre-code horror film. This is a movie that I had seen a while ago and didn't actually re-watch for this, but it wasn't that long ago that I watched it, so it's still fresh in my memory. Uh, but a great movie, uh, and that movie coming in at number four is Island of Lost Souls. This came out in 1932. It's a science fiction horror film directed by Errol C. Kenton. It's based on the novel from H.G. Wells in from 1896, uh, the novel The Island of Dr. Moreau. The film is one of the earliest adaptations of Wells' novel and remains one of the most memorable. The story revolves around an ambitious and unethical scientist, Dr. Moreau, played by Charles Lawton. Moreau lives on a remote island where he conducts experiments that involve turning animals into human-like creatures through a process he describes as the house of pain, which includes surgery and other unspecified methods. A shipwrecked, a shipwrecked man, Edward Parker, played by Richard Arlen, 
ends up on the island and soon discovers Dr. Moreau's dark secret. Parker is both horrified and fascinated by the creatures that he encounters. Among them is the feline woman, quote-unquote, uh, Lotta, uh, Kathleen, played by Kathleen Burke, uh, with whom he develops a complicated relationship. As Parker spends more time on the island, he realizes that Dr. Moreau's experiments are not just about scientific curiosity. The doctor has a god complex and sees himself as the ruler of the island and its inhabitants. The movie delves into themes of morality, ethics, and the consequences of playing with nature. The makeup and creature designs are especially notable given the time period. The manimals or beast folk in the movie are visually intriguing and unsettling. Charles Lawton's portrayal of Dr. Moreau is particularly memorable. He brings a mix of charm, menace, and madness to the role, making the character both intriguing and deeply unsettling. The film boldly addresses themes of, ethic, of ethics and science, the consequences of playing God, and the thin line separating man from beast. Due to its pre-code production, the film was able to explore darker and more controversial themes than films produced after the code's enforcement in 1934. However, it faced censorship issues and was banned in many countries and some countries for its depiction of cruelty and its implied critique of religion. Over time, Island of Lost Souls has been reappraised and is now considered a classic of early, er, early horror films. The, film, the film's unsettling atmosphere, strong performances, and bold subject matter have earned its a lasting reputation in the genre. It's an amazing movie. It's, I haven't seen any of the other remakes of uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, maybe I'll do a series where I just watch all of the if there's if there's five, if there's at least five, maybe I'll do a top five and rank them. Uh, but coming in at number four is Island of Lost Souls. Let's take a quick break from the podcast because I want to talk about my new limited edition signed and numbered prints for the many faces, my ongoing ink painting series of abstract and surreal faces. You can now get limited edition signed and numbered prints. Only five prints are available for each image, and they are printed high quality on the same paper that I use to print or to uh, paint, I should say, the original painting. So high quality paper, the highest print quality, uh, and uh, all made by me in-house. I make them, I print them, I double check, I sign them, I number them, all that stuff. Sizes and prices. Uh, is four by six is five dollars. Six by nine is ten, and the nine by twelves are twenty dollars. That is for the prints themselves. And of course, you can always go to InspiredDisorder.com and collect the original artwork as well. Take your walls to the next level with these limited edition art prints. Once they're gone, they're gone. Go to InspiredDisorder.com and shop the collection and take your walls to the next level. Now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite pre-code horror film. This was a great watch. I would say not as much of a horror film as an action film, but considering the time, 
I, and, and considering it was classified as a horror film, it's making my list because I enjoyed it. Here at number three is The Most Dangerous Game. This came out in 1932. It's an adaption of the 1924 short story of the same name by Richard Connell. Directed by Irving Pitchell and Ernest B. Schroedsack. The film is a classic in the adventure and horror genre. The story revolves around Bob Rainsford, played by Joel McRae, a big game hunter who finds himself shipwrecked on a remote island. He's the sole survivor of a ship accidented, uh, of a ship um, accident caused by mysterious and treacherous water surrounding the island. Upon reaching the island's interior, Rainford encounters the enigmatic Count Zaroff, played by Leslie Banks, a fellow hunting enthusiast who lives in a grand chateau amidst the jungle. Zaroff initially appears to be a hospitable host, and he's familiar with Rainsford due to his publications on hunting. As the story unfolds, however, Rainsford discovers that Zaroff has grown bored with hunting animals and is now finds uh, pleasure in hunting humans, deeming them the most dangerous game due to their ability to think and reason. Rainsford is horrified to learn that Zaroff intends to hunt him next. The climax of the film focus, focuses on Rainsford's uh, desperate attempt to elude Zaroff and his hounds using his wits and knowledge of hunting to survive. The island's jungle and Zaroff's chateau provide a palpable atmosphere of dread and suspense. The production design stands out, especially given the area of the era of filmmaking. Leslie Banks delivers a chilling performance as Count Zaroff, portraying him as both sophisticated and deeply unhinged. The film delves deep into various themes, including the nature of cruelty, the thin line between hunt, hunter and hunted, and the moral implications of taking pleasure in hunting. An interesting tr tidbit about The Most Dangerous Game is that it was filmed at night on the same sets that were being used for King Kong, the 1933 King Kong, during the daytime. Both films even share some of the same crew, including co-director Ernest B. Shrojack and producer Marion C. Cooper. While the most dangerous game may not have archived or, or achieved <laughs> the same iconic status as the other horror films of the era, it is still regarded as a solid and suspenseful adaptation of Con Con Connell's story. Over the years, the story's core premise of human beings being hunted for sport has been adapted, re uh, referenced, and uh, reimagined in numerous films, TV shows, and other media, uh, attesting to its enduring appeal and influence. Uh, it's a, a really fun kind of an action. I could see horror, humans hunting humans, sure. Uh, definitely I've seen a lot of other movies that uh, are similar to that. Uh, and uh, it's a fun premise whenever you see it, uh, but uh, I love this movie as one of the originals to kind of tackle that that subject, and uh, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Coming in number three, The Most Dangerous Game. 
Moving on to my second favorite pre-code horror film. Uh, this is one of the only, or it is the only, movie that was part of the Paramount Monster universe. Uh, the very famous uh, monsters that have uh, been in movies many times and uh, have had many sequels and reimaginings and reboots and such. Uh, but this was my favorite, the only one that made my list. So coming in at number two is The Invisible Man. Came out in 1933, science fiction horror film directed by James Whale and produced by Universal Pictures, based on the H.G. Wells 1897 novel of the same name. The film is one of the classic Universal monster movies. Uh, it's known for its groundbreaking special effects, captivating storytelling, and Claude Rains's standout performance in the title role. Dr. Jack Griffin, played by Claude Rains, a chemist, discovers a formula that renders him invisible. However, an unforeseen side effect of the drug is that it also induces increasing madness. While he initially sees the invisible invisibility as an advantage, the, invisible, the, uh, the in, inability to reverse the process and the growing insanity take a toll on Griffin. He becomes increasingly unhinged and me megalomaniacal and megalomaniacal man. Uh, embarking on a violent spree and terrorizing the small English village where he's hiding. Griffin's reign of terror includes a series of robberies, assaults, and even murders. The local townspeople and the police find themselves powerless against an enemy they can't see. Griffin's descent into madness becomes the central tragedy of the story. Uh, his former colleagues and loved ones, including his fiancée Flora, played by Gloria Stewart, desperately search for a way to help him and to restore his visibility. The film was groundbreaking in its use of special effects, particularly the sequences showing the invisible man with no clothes or unwrapping his bandages to reveal nothing underneath. For this time, these effects were revolutionary and contributed significantly to the film's success. Uh, though Claude Rains is physically unseen for most of the film, his haunting voice and the emotions he conveys making the portrayal of Dr. Jack Griffin memorable. This role was Rains' first lead in a film and catapulted him to stardom. James Whale, known for directing Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, brought his unique touches to The Invisible Man, blending horror with dark comedy and social commentary. The Invisible Man was a significant success upon its release and has since been regarded as one of the best horror films of the 1930s and a staple in the pantheon of classic monster movies. Its influence can be seen in numerous sequences, uh, numerous subsequent films that explore invisibility and it spawns several sequels and adaptations the film remains a testament to the combined power of strong storytelling innovative special effects and compelling performances it's not just a horror tale but also a tragic exploration of the human condition power and the consequences of unchecked ambition i loved the horror comedy of this the special effects are amazing. I really did enjoy this movie so much, and that is why coming in at number two is The Invisible Man.
Let's take a quick break from the podcast because I want to talk about a way for you to make a little bit of extra money by making content for companies, for brands, for products. It's really easy to make user-generated content. You can check out all the content that I've made over at inspireddisorder.com slash UGC. That is also where you can go sign up through Join Brands, which is the exact service that I use to get connected with different brands to make content, whether it's selfies with products, how-to videos, unboxing videos, product reviews, all kinds of stuff. It's really easy to do, a great way to make extra money, and you get free products while you're doing it. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash UGC, check out all the content that I've made, and sign up to make your own content. You don't have to have a massive audience on social media. You don't even have to have social media accounts. You just have to be able to make content, take pictures, video, that kind of stuff. It's great. It's easy. Go check it out. InspiredDisorder.com slash UGC. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite pre-code horror film. This is a movie that I'd seen before. I watched it again. I did a full review of this, I believe, last October. So if you want to hear my in-depth thoughts on this movie coming in at number one, you can check that out over on YouTube.com slash Disorder. But coming in at number one, my favorite pre-code horror film is, from 1932, Freaks. This is a film directed by Todd Browning and produced by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. The film is notable for its featuring a cast of real-life, quote-unquote, circus freaks, and has since become a cult classic, recognized for its daring narrative and unconventional approach to its subject matter. The story revolves around a trapeze artist named Cleopatra, who discovers that Hans, a little person and sideshow performer, has an inheritance she conspires with Hercules, her lover, to marry Hans and then poison him to acquire his wealth. However, after Cleopatra publicly mocks Hans at their wedding reception, the other quote-unquote freaks learn of her plan and decide to exact revenge. By the end of the film, freaks in uh, the freaks, quote-unquote freaks, ensure that Cleopatra and her Hercules pay a heavy price for their cruelty instead of using makeup or prosthetics to depict its characters the film employed real life sideshow performers among them were prince randy randian the living torso Sh uh schlitzy a micro cephalic daisy and violet hilton conjoined twins and johnny eck born without the lower half of his torso amazing it, like i, I it, this movie makes you love the quote-unquote freaks and the normal people in this movie are the villains which i love that aspect of this movie as well when freaks was first released it was met with shock and revulsion by many viewers and critics it was considered exploitative and in bad taste leading to bans in some places in some places and significant cuts to the original runtime beneath its surface freaks is a film about acceptance loyalty and the human capacity for both cruelty and compassion 
The sideshow performers, despite their physical differences, are portrayed as caring and empathetic individuals. In contrast, the conventionally attractive Cleopatra and Hercules are the true monsters due to their greed and treachery. One of the film's most memorable scenes is when the quote-unquote freaks accept Cleopatra as one of their own during the wedding banquet, chanting, One of us! One of us! Gobble, 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 gobble. The scene has since become iconic and is frequently referenced in popular culture. While Freaks was a commercial failure upon its initial release and almost ended Browning's career, it was since gained a significant cult following. Its exploration of the otherness in challenging of societal norms concerning beauty and deformity and its raw depiction of human nature make it a unique and influential piece in the history of cinema. Over the years, Freaks has been re-evaluated by critics and film enthusiasts alike and is now regarded as a groundbreaking work of horror that uses its genre trappings to explore deep and poignant social themes. This was a great movie. I love this movie. Uh, I, I love this list. Uh, but coming in at number one, my favorite pre-code horror movie is Freaks. And like I said, I watched close to 20 movies. Some other movies that I watched that I liked. Uh, the Mummy was interesting. Not the greatest. Dracula. I really liked the beginning of Dracula. The set design was great. The trip to the UK was great. There were like elements of it that were really great. Uh, but then kind of fell off towards the end. Frankenstein, which I reviewed uh, on Friday's uh, episode, or I review Frankenstein from 1932, I believe. Uh, the iconic scenes of Frankenstein are amazing, uh, but the rest of the movie is kind of boring, and I didn't really care. Uh, there was a movie called Murder in the Zoo, where a guy uses animals from zoo animals to commit murders, uh, which is a pretty great premise and a fun movie. Almost made my list. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is a great movie as well. Uh, some great transformation makeup and uh, just uh, Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde. Very, uh, very scary dude. Uh, another one called 13 Women where it's these girls uh, who are getting f fortunes. They have a ongoing thing where they get their fortunes read and one by one they they receive their fortunes are not good that they're going to die and one by one they start dying and by the end you find out what's really happening uh it's a great movie almost made my list 13 women uh some of the honorable mentions that i watched that didn't make my list uh but a great list nonetheless ones that i would recommend if you're looking for some old school horror movies to watch this october for halloween i will recap my list one more time this is my top five pre-code horror movies. Starting off with number five is Dr. X. Number four is Island of Lost Souls. Number three is The Most Dangerous Game. Number two is The Invisible Man. And my number one favorite pre-code horror movie of all time is Freaks. I would love to hear what your top five pre-code horror movies are there are so many to choose from i'm sure there's ones that i didn't even get to uh but i tried to combine all of the different top lists 
that other people have to narrow down and watch as many as I could, but I couldn't watch them all. Um, and uh, maybe there's a hidden gem that slipped through the cracks. Let me know with your favorite top five pre-code horror movies. I would love to hear it. Thank you all for tuning in to Top 5 from the Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my ranking and analysis of my top five pre-code horror movies. Let me know how you would rank them. Are there any films I missed or should I reconsider? Join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder. And don't forget to tune in next week, next Sunday, for an all-new episode. And see you again next week for more Top Five. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.